Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Hello and welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. I'm Veronica Cruz. And on this side of the microphone, I am Omar Ramos. Thank you for joining us on the first ever, ever, ever special parenting series. The Struggle is Real. Throughout the series, we'll be discussing ways to motivate our children. The Struggle is Real for our and today's millennial parents. That's correct. We'll be presenting skits with interactions between parents and their children. And then we will be discussing and learning different ways of dealing with each situation. We got some great stuff. Also, we've invited a panel of experts who will be sharing with us important information, personal insights, and useful tips that we can apply to our everyday lives. Dr. Laos, clinical psychologist, 10 years of experience working with couples and families, CEO of Family Bridges, and Marvin Del Rios, a millennial parent of two kids. Thank you for joining us. We're excited to be here. Thanks for hosting us. Thanks for inviting us. We're excited to be here, too. Throughout the whole podcast series, we will be discussing five key motivators. Today, we're going to be talking about the illustration that we call the hamburger. Want to find out what it is? We'll tell you right now. We're also going to be discussing different tactics parents use when disciplining their children. When we use discipline tactics that go against our children's motivation and passion, they don't work. That's what experts say. Yeah, I think we sometimes get pretty frustrated when our kids don't do what we want them to do. And so we butt heads. Mm-hmm. We want to impose our will to follow our boundaries. And they have their own will. They have their own way. And then we crash. And so what we want to focus on in this series of podcasts is what are the intrinsic motivators? What are the things that are motivating? that encourage your kids to do things. There's discipline tactics that basically are about getting your kids not to do things. Mm-hmm. Don't lie, don't steal, right? And there's things that we do as parents to correct them in that pathway. But what about when we want them to clean their room, do their homework, do an activity? What are the things that we can do in order to motivate them to do those habits, to acquire those skills? There's actually great science today that teaches us what these motivators are. Teachers use it. Mm -hmm. Psychologists use it. Well, wouldn't it be great if us parents that have the kids 24-7 would know about these motivators so we can get our kids (laughs) to do these things? So that's what this podcast is about. How do we motivate our kids to do things? Very exciting. Talking about the hamburger, which refers to three questions. The first one is, can my child do the task that is required of them? So we're going to go ahead and uh, cue our first scene. It's time to clean your room. Oh, look at Mr. Pony. What does Mr. Pony say? <laughs> Would you like an apple, Mr. Pony? Mm-hmm. Okay, here you go, Mr. Pony. Eat it up. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And now that your meal is done, oh, I think it's time to clean up your room. All right, Betsy, let's put these away. Betsy, come on. Let's go. I can play for five more minutes, Okay. No, you can't. No, no, no. It's really okay, see? Betsy, I'm serious. It's time to clean up your room. Betsy, I'm talking to you. Here, give it to me. No, I'm playing with it. Your room is a mess. Look at it. You gotta clean it up. Give it back! If you cleaned your room yesterday when I asked you, then you could keep playing. But now you can't. Clean your room. No! It won't even take you very long. I don't want to. I'm not arguing with you, Betsy. If your room isn't clean when I come back, you won't like what happens. No, I don't want to. No! You're wasting time. Start cleaning your room. (laughs) Okay, so we heard... 
We heard dad ask his five-year-old daughter, Betsy, to clean her room. But obviously, she was overwhelmed by the task. She starts throwing a tantrum. She doesn't want to do it. He gets annoyed. He gets frustrated. He orders her to do it. Leaves, closes the door. And then what happens? We just see poor Betsy crying. What happened, Dr. Laos? Well, we've all experienced this, at least mm-hmm. if you've had kids or you have cousins or something. Kids lose it. They have emotions and they just spill all over. And you as a parent get frustrated and then we just freeze and things go south. It didn't work for possibly a couple of different reasons. One is kids don't have the emotional maturity that us adults have developed. We've learned the language of emotions we're able to express. We're able to talk. They just have a big blah of emotions. And so what they do is cry and have a temper tantrum. That's what they do. So they need to learn how to regulate their emotions. And we need to teach them that. But another reason why it didn't work is sometimes as parents, what we do is we give global directives. Clean Mm -hmm. your room. That can be overwhelming when you're a child, when your room is quite messy. We need to break it down. So when we talk about the hamburger, the idea is that there's three different skills or, or questions that we should ask ourselves as parents when we're asking your kids to do something, to do their homework, to clean their room. The top part of the hamburger is what we refer as to, does your child actually have the capacity? Do they know how to do this? Sometimes we need to sit down and teach them, what is it that you're asking your child to do and have you taken the time to break it down for them? How do we bring it down to their level? Clean your room is very global. So if we say, why don't we start with the books, put the books where they go. We give them specific directives and we only give them about three at a time. Children, if you give them more than that, it's overwhelming and they'll forget. And maybe you just do one at a time to get them started. Mm -hmm. And then when they do that, you say, well, you know, I really liked that you did that when I told you. Um, You don't want to, you know, just encourage them, say, great for doing a great job cleaning your room. Let's Mm -hmm. not fake the situation, Uh but do provide encouraging remarks cheerleading for the steps that they do take. Marvin, how would you have handled it or have you had this experience with your children? I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old and when I tell my 8-year-old to clean the room, all he does is put all the dirty socks in the hamper, but the bed is not made, the toys are still on the floor, and he says, I'm done. So is the room clean? No, just the clothes. So there's other areas of the room that needs to be clean. And just like Dr. Laos mentioned, giving clear directives. Sometimes as parents, we're also in a rush Mm -hmm. as well. So go clean your room and in five minutes we expect it to be miraculously and clean up and unfortunately it's not because we weren't very detailed so I struggle with that as well as a parent what I've learned is to tap into their strength as well I have one that likes to pick up dirty clothes and the other one that is super organized with the bookshelves and the toys so I delegate it two or three max and I also give them a time limit too yeah and that's really good sometimes if you take a timer Mm -hmm. and you put the timer and you say beat the clock yes oh you, know, you make and, it a game. And you make yeah. it a game and you give them 15 minutes to beat the clock. But again, with something specific, clean all the toys on the floor and they're trying to rush and do it. You know, I will say, okay, now uh, I'm going to go to your room, but did you put it away the clothes and folded it or did you smush it all in the doors? <laughs> and I have five more, you have five more minutes. <laughs> right. And then they go back and they redo it. Um, so you do, do have to do some of that. What if, you know, the parent is frustrated at that moment? What can mom or dad do to kind of lower the tension to have better communication skills? Yeah, you do need to do a self-check. You know, self-awareness is really important and we have to work on that. When we feel that our blood pressure is going high, when we're starting to scream, when we're losing it, that's a pretty good indicator that you need to take a time out. Mm-hmm. You're becoming a monster, you know, the incredible hawk. Yeah, you need a time out. And so, um, <laughs> go for a walk, listen to some music that's relaxing. Tell everybody, I'm really upset right now and I need to collect my 
myself. So I am going to go in the bathroom by myself. Sometimes it's hard, even with kids, privacy for parents and mm-hmm. small kids. But you come back, you think things through, and then you're able to tackle the situation. That's okay. We parents need timeouts as well. The same rule applies when teaching our kids about chores, managing money, giving charity, household, Dr. Lau. We are the first teachers of our kids. When we just drop them off at school and then expect the teachers at school to do everything, you know, that's not going to work. And obviously it's mixed results. That's why yeah. everybody complains about the educational system. We need to be there teaching them little things about how they're going to survive in the world when they're older. Are they going to be able to pay bills? Are they going to know how to cook? survival skills are really important. Start early teaching them according to their age. You could start with some little things. Get them a little piggy bank, extra coins go in there and have them counted. And when they want something, they have to, you know, save up for the week, count all of the pennies. And when you go to the store, you're like, they want something. Okay, well, how much do you have in your piggy bank? Teach them that it costs for things. So that's when they're younger. When they're older, get them a bank account. Hey, when they step out of your house, they're going to have to pay bills. The world is going to hit them really hard if they are not prepared. We have to be coaches. We don't want to just overprotect them from all of those responsibilities. We want to give them an opportunity to learn. Break it down in small steps. Teach it to them as if it's the first time they hear it. When you take the time to explain the process, then they'll kind of start grasping the idea that Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is life. This is how it works. Good stuff. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, visit my favorite part of the hamburger, which is the meat. (laughs) (laughs) Or the second question, does my child want to do this task and why? Let's hear what happens. You still aren't cleaning your room? Go away. Why aren't you cleaning your room, Betsy? I said go away. Can I help you clean your room? No, I don't like you. Nah. Well, I like you. Are you sure I can help? I'm pretty good at cleaning rooms. (laughs) Betsy, what's wrong? It's just a dirty room. It's no reason to be sad. I can't. What? I can't clean my room. Why not? How about we make it into a game? What do you think looks dirtier? The ceiling or the floor? The floor. Oh my goodness. You're right. What do you see on the floor? Toys. What else? Mm, Books. Mm -hmm. Where do books go? On the shelf. That's right again. And where do toys go? In the drawer. Oh my goodness, that's exactly right. So first, let's pick up all the toys and put them in the drawer. All the toys. Are you ready? Okay, on your mark, get set, go! There you go, Betsy. That's it. That's it. That's get them, get them, get them, get them all, everyone. That's it. That's it. Oh, that was amazing. Okay, now get all the books. On your mark, get set, go! There you go. That's it. Get them all. Get them all. Bring them over to the shelf. Get that one. Get get that one too. Bring it over. Bring it over. Yeah, you got it. Oh my goodness, that was really good. Your floor is one hundred percent clean. What else looks dirty in here? Does the door look dirty? No. Okay. What about your bed? Oh yeah, that looks really dirty. How do you make a dirty bed again? I'll show you. First, you you grab the sheets down by the bottom, mm -hmm, and then you pull them all the way up to the top. There you go. And then you say, get out of here, dirty bed. Get out of here, dirty bed. We're going to clean you up. We're going to clean you up, dirty bed. What's next? What else looks really dirty? Mm, The closet. (gasps) Get out of here, dirty closet. Get out of here, dirty closet. We're going to clean you up. Oh, Betsy's so cute. 
And now she's adorable, right? She's not crying like she was in the first scene that we saw. We saw Dad do exactly what you were explaining to us. He broke it down into tasks. He made it fun. He made it into a game. And then you had Betsy doing it willingly. Right. And so sometimes when we're able to take a time out, we think things through and we saw the, the dad do a wonderful job where he just made it fun and engaging. Mm-hmm. And he broke it down. If you break it down, that's going to really encourage your child to do the task. Then your kids will join you way more. Is it important, doctor, that we develop a reason why to do the task? Yeah, I know back in the day, sometimes we had the saying, you know, because I said so and that's the way you have to do it. Some of us as parents have passed on and we continue to incorporate. There's something very powerful though about having a why and having a reason. When we have a vision, purpose, or reason to live and we are just motivated to do that vocation, Mm -hmm. to do that work. Same thing with kids. Um, When we're able to tap into, give them a reason to do it, then they're more interested and more motivated. Just takes a few seconds to say, hey, we value in this home things being organized. We like a clean home because we don't like rats and things crawling everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important for us to put things in order. And when we explain it, we give them a why. That rule has meaning behind it. In today's world, we have many working parents. Marvin, if we come home, we just had an eight hour, nine hour day, 10 hour, I don't know. And then we forget these things about simplifying. How do you get a parent to wind down, but also take care of of simplifying things for the kids? They don't know what we know. You know what I mean? Sometimes we assume that they already know, but they don't. Dr. Law said something very common, just do it because I said so. I grew up like that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, mom, dad told us to do it. Why? Because I said so. Or else, you know, the belt is in the other hand or the chancla is in the other hand and you just have to do it. Unfortunately, coming from a very tiresome day and then trying to explain chores or tasks to our kids can be a little bit overwhelming for us as a parent. What I find myself is that I come home, the kids come from school or where they're coming from. If they're coming from school, you know, they have homework. So I don't right away say, all right, it's time to do the homework. I give them a break. I literally give them a break. While they have that break, guess who else is taking a break? Mm -hmm. Me. As a parent, I need to take a break as well. Now, I just don't sit on the couch and watch TV and take a break or anything like that. Then I enjoy something that I like to do. You read something or listen to some music. And then I come back. We work together as a team. It's kind of hard because we just finished coming from a stressful work day. Mm-hmm. The kids probably had things to do at school and the extracurricular activity, the soccer mom, the soccer dad. And then we want them to sit down at the table and let's do this homework now. And they do need a break, just like us as a parent. So what's working for me is having a break together and then coming back and telling them to do the task and why they need to do the task. That's what's working for me as a parent. I do need a break. And that break can uh, reflect on the attitude that you're going to be, you know, obviously showcasing towards your kids. Attitude, demeanor is important and that helps make it appealing to your child, doctor. Yeah, yeah. Just take a moment to just recollect yourself. I think that's great advice. Do take a moment to explain Mm. the why of that activity that you're trying to teach your kids. If they don't want to do their homework, why is it important for them to do their Mm -hmm. homework? Or if the fight is about cell phone, you don't want them to be texting during dinner time. Just take a moment. I mean, you don't want to be nagging at your kids, but do take a moment to explain the reason behind the rule. It goes a long way. We're talking about keeping the kids motivated. They're motivated by different interests, gifts, values, and priorities. Can you explain to us a little more? We all have an intrinsic 
talent or vocation or passion, things that are interesting to us. And so if we as parents are able to discover that in our children, it makes the process, it can help make the process way more enjoyable, not only for them, but for you, because you don't have to be nagging all the time. Of course. I'm just wondering, how do you keep the interest interesting? How do you keep the interest? The interest (laughs) interesting, you know what I mean? I mean, because they change, the Uh, interests change, you know, they're not going to be five, they're not going to be six their whole time. Right, right, right. Things are changing. How do you keep the interest interesting. I don't think you have to serve it up for them. I think all you have to do is nudge them into that direction. They're creative. You just have to expose them to those opportunities and augment them according to their developmental age. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're three, you're not going to necessarily have them go play hockey. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I've, I've observed is that I have one child that reads everything and anything and then the other child doesn't care about reading, but it's very good with his hands. Mm-hmm. So any new thing that, that I get that requires building or some assembly required. It has worked for me as a parent. I gave the instructions to my oldest and then I gave the tools to my youngest and guess what happened? Everything was built and it was great. Those of us that have teenagers, that they're very techie savvy, we buy a new flat screen, we buy a new laptop or whatever the case may be, we need to set it up. Just give it to your teenage kids that could probably <laughs> hook everything up and you find their strengths. And that's something that I've that I've learned, just like uh, Dr. Alicia said, giving them the opportunity. And I think as parents, we don't give opportunities. Mm-hmm. We want to do it ourselves because we're the parent. They shouldn't be doing this. And that's something that I've learned that you got to give them the opportunity. And if they fail at it, make it a learning experience. You fail. Now what could have you done differently mm-hmm. for next time? And then we talk about it. Marvin, that is such a good point that sometimes we get frustrated because we could do it faster, quicker, or better. Exactly. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to wash the dishes exactly how you do it. Right. Exactly. They're not going to clean the room like you do it. But when you give them the opportunity, they mm-hmm. learn it. Eventually, they're going to get good at it. I just remembered a, a friend of mine. He has a son that's really good with technology. I think kids know more than we do. Oh, and yeah. And it's really interesting when you have the child teach you how to use, I don't know, social media or how to use a certain thing. Now they feel like now they can give you something that you've always given them. You know what I mean? Is, is that a good thing? The role reversal. Why? Well, yeah. it gives them a sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They feel like, wow, I can give back. I mean, we all love giving a gift to our children because we love their smile mm-hmm. and what it does to you when you're able to give. And imagine what that does to a child when they're able to give back to you. It just boosts you. It's wonderful. I love it. Well, ladies and gents, uh, if you didn't know, the struggle is real. is amazing because it prepares you to become a super parent. And that's what we're <laughs> looking for. And aside from that, there's a lot of awesome analogies. Now, doctor, you share a story about your family going on a hiking trip where your son, Daniel, complains about the hike and your husband seems to handle it very well. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I have a phenomenal husband and I actually learn a lot from him, but he's at that age where whining is something that we're working on and I was just exhausted, tired, and I was just like, I can't have it. And my husband picked up on my, you know, lack of patience and (laughs) he knows my son really well. He kneeled down, looked at him in the eye and just took time to point interesting things along because he knows that my son loves nature, the frogs and snakes and stuff. That's all my husband did. He pointed to interesting things around him, science things and nature things. And within a matter of like a couple of minutes, he just kept going. He was enjoying it. We came back. It was an amazing hike. And all it took was my husband eyeing him eye to eye and appealing to his interest. He took the time to slow down and give him a why. So all of a sudden this hiking trip became a uh 
mini Jurassic Park. They had a blast. <laughs> they had a blast. Yeah. 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 They, in but, fact, he wanted to keep going, and we're like, yeah, okay. Not <laughs> so, complaining, and he really enjoyed it. He was able to complete the hike, so that's that's pretty cool. As we know, kids grow up very fast, and yes, they do. So does the struggle, which leads us to the bottom part of the hamburger. The last question for the parents: What does your child have to do to succeed? in each and every task. We want our kids to have the resources that they need. So if they have a biology project or a science project, do they have different things they need in order to succeed in having that production put together? You know, we want them to go to college later on. Do they have some support and help in navigating the whole application process? So wherever your stage is, whatever your child is, are we being cheerleaders by providing them the resources? Not necessarily financial resources, but guidance that they need in order to succeed at that task. Okay, with that said, we're going to go ahead and listen to the experience between a millennial parent and her 16-year-old daughter, Emily. Emily, are you still in bed? It's after one. Mm, I don't feel well. Are you sick? I'm tired. You don't feel hot. Were you up late? No. Are you lying to me? You've been sleeping in a lot lately. No. So you're just lazy? I guess. Get up. It's Saturday. You know, if you sleep any later, you'll be up all night. Don't you have homework or college applications? Did you come in here just to stress me out? I'm not bothering anyone. Leave me alone. Why are you stressed out? I'm not stressed out. Those are the words you used. I can't be stressed. You don't have to be. It's a beautiful day. We could go to the movies or drive you over to Clean's house or Valentina's. I don't feel like it. I can make you clean out the garage if you prefer. If that'll make you feel better. Is something wrong? Are you fighting with your friends? Just make random assumptions about my life, why don't you? No, I'm not fighting with my friends. I just don't feel like being social. Are you having trouble in school? No. What was that sigh for? It's just a lot, you know. What is? I have to submit all the colleges I want to go to by the end of the semester, and the applications are, like, so long. It's hard enough keeping up with orchestra and debate and classes, but now I have community service and all this college stuff. I get up in the morning so tired I want to fall asleep in the shower. I don't have any time. You had time to sleep in today. See, you just want to give me a hard time. No, I don't. I'm sorry. You know, you are doing a lot. Now, maybe you're overcommitted. All the colleges they talk about are so expensive. What if I end up going somewhere and I hate it and I can't get any decent scholarships or anything and it ends up just not being worth it? Your education is always worth it, Emily. And don't worry so much. You know, this is all, it's important, but it's not the end of the world if you decide to drop out of debate or something like that. No, I know. And I still want to do all these things. I just don't want to. I'm not making any sense, I know. It sounds like you're overwhelmed and a little depressed. Great. Well, don't worry, it's not permanent. You know, everyone feels like that from time to time. I felt like that. You know, let's get out for a little bit. Grab lunch. Your problems will be here when you get back. Thanks, Mom. We'll figure everything out tomorrow. You know, your father and I can sit down with you and look over your schedule and some different schools maybe. But right now, just forget it. Let's go get some food. Maybe rent a movie. Mom, I know you know no one rents movies anymore. (laughs) Let's Netflix and chill then. Okay, just something, anything. Get up. Ugh. Come on. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Move that butt. At least my butt still fits in my shorts. What? (laughs) That is it, young lady. (laughs) (sighs) All right, be downstairs. Thanks, Mom. 
And take a shower, you stink. Hey! You're welcome. For reals, though? A shower? Okay, okay, okay. Jeez. So we just heard Emily overwhelmed because she has these college applications that she needs to go through. She's just overwhelmed with all the choices, doesn't know what to do. But mom, little by little, she pulls her out of that frustration. She encourages her to take that break and then we'll come back and we'll figure it out. She helps her take out of that funk by listening to her, just not sitting there and listening to her forever. She does Mm -hmm. pull her out and draw her out and basically provide some coaching and options. And she sets it up so that she's saying, you know, you don't have to do this by yourself. We're going to sit down with you and look at options. It's providing that support and that encouragement for our kids so that they do succeed in those challenging tasks they're going to face. But as parents, sometimes we don't give them the opportunity because we just want it to be done like in the next five minutes. Mm -hmm. Especially like with the teenagers. I see where you're going, Dr. Laos, with it. But what happens just like the nine and a half hour work day. As a parent, you you get frustrated. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you're not there being the cheerleader and champion for Mm -hmm. them. You're there being the person that's against them. So that's That's why I love that kids are so resilient. We don't have to be perfect Hmm. each time. We're going to have times when we do mess up and we'll lose it. And we're able to go back and say, I shouldn't have responded that way. I'm sorry. And then we just have opportunities and times when we have those moments to moments. And those redeem so many more of the other situations that we mess up. So this is not about guilt shaming any parent Mm -hmm. out there. This is about keeping these tips in mind. Mm -hmm. Does your did you break things down? Does your kid know how to do it? So it's not so overwhelming. Do you have a reason? Do you give them a why? And then lastly, are you giving some coaching and some support along the way? Keep that picture of the hamburger in mind so that when you're trying to get them to do something, you can walk that through and that's going to help you to get them closer to where they need to go. Now, circling back to Marvin, I know that your children are a lot younger. They're not getting ready for college just yet. Not yet. But have you found yourself in a sticky situation like this and how have you minimized it? How did you go about it where you just try to help them kind of minimize their stress? It could be below zero and my kids will still eat ice cream. So (laughs) I've learned that during those stressful moments, especially with my 11-year-old, that he feels that he has to live up to a certain standard, right, Mm -hmm. to his brother, to me as his dad, and and to my wife. We do have to take that break. We'll rally, you know, over some ice cream, just there listening to him. And that's something that I've learned, to listen to him and Mm -hmm. just sit down and just bring out the, well, this is what I would do as a parent kind of deal, because sometimes they'll tune you out. But if you're just there listening to them and ask them the question, and I learned this as well with Dr. Alicia, with some of the techniques that she's shown in the past, that you just have to ask them the question, and then they'll tell you an answer. And then from that answer, you can then go and filter out where you need to go, if you need to champion right now, or if you need to give some form of input towards the situation. I don't know if that makes sense or not. That's but. such a good advice that sometimes you want to jump in and again yeah. do it for them. So supporting them doesn't mean do their homework. Right. Or Please don't apply no. for college for them. <laughs> right. It just means facilitating that process. Let me show you some of these FAFSA websites where you can apply for scholarships mm-hmm. or I mean in terms right. of financial aid. Yeah, you want to walk with them and coach them along the way or provide encouragement, but you don't want to give it to them either. You don't want to do it for them. Right. It's a fine line. Yes, right. there is. Now, we saw this Emily and her daughter had they have like a close relationship where they can really communicate, but not everybody has that. Mm. How do we start as parents early on to cultivate that relationship? So I love that what Marvin on- said that he picked up on his son loving ice cream, so he has an opportunity to join with them. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that your child loves to do and just sit with them, you know, right. and do that activity with them? Is there, you know, a favorite show that you can watch together and sit down and watch full, or um, a certain game that you can play with them that you could even introduce them to that you do together? When you're doing that, it's enriching. It's like date your son or date your daughter. Mm-hmm. 
that starts fostering a positive relationship that then you can draw upon when you need to have some serious conversations. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, recap the hamburger discussion. Remember to always have these three questions in mind to help motivate your children. Number one, can my child do the task that is required of them? Number two, does my child want to do the task and why? And last but not least, what does your child have to do to succeed in these tasks? Now, Dr. Laos, would you like to add anything else? You know, children are beautiful. They have so much curiosity. They have a zeal for life when they're younger. They do grow. Sometimes they become a little cynical and a little sarcastic as mm-hmm. they grow and they <laughs> take on some responsibilities. And it is challenging for us as parents. But when we're able to activate some internal motivators that they have, mm-hmm. it's very powerful because then you're walking alongside them. You're in a journey together instead of crashing, going on opposite ends of the road and, and crashing and butting heads all the time. Mm-hmm. So so if you're able to really think through this process, it's going to be incredibly helpful to you. And do stay tuned. We're going to talk about a lot more of the motivators that are helpful. But think about it. What is motivating to you as a parent? Mm-hmm. And how does that influence you? How does that help you in life? What would it mean for you to be the primary agent or the primary motivator in your child's life? Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, for helping us motivate and for motivating us as parents as well. Yes. Thank you for your expertise and your insights on this first podcast of the special parenting series, The Struggle is Real. We've definitely learned a great deal and we are looking forward to more tips on how to help motivate our children. And of course, we cannot say goodbye without saying thank you to all of our podcasters checking us out for the first time. Thank you, audience. Don't miss out the next podcast titled To Bribe or Not to Bribe. Hmm. We'll talk about the common (laughs) tactic many parents recur to, other very common issues, and how to help them become autonomous. This was The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. Check us out on social media as Family Bridges with the hashtag The Struggle is Real or visit FamilyBridgesUSA.com. I am Omar Ramos. And I'm Veronica Cruz. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 